Salam Salam from BA. This is a Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 26th of January 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Following the peace agreement signed in Pretoria, South Africa, between the Ethiopian federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, various essential services have been restored, from electric power and telecom to banks and air transport. Ethiopian Airlines is now flying to multiple cities of the region several times weekly, but road transport is still not open. It is that cheaper alternative and flights are getting crowded. Many people who would love to travel to the region but who don't have the means to go there on a flight have been cut off. The region's construction and road transport bureau said recently that a committee has been put together to open roads and talks have begun with the federal government to that effect. The bureau said roads will be open soon, but did not say when exactly. The Ethiopian Civil Society's Organization Council went on a work trip to Tigray on Monday the 23rd. The trip's goal was to witness how rehabilitation and restoration is going and to hold talks with civil society organizations in the region. The head of the region's civil society union urged the delegates to help reinstate the evicted, restart school, ensure sufficient food and medicine supply, among others. A team of officials from the Ministry of Education also went to Tigray. The team has five members and is heading to the region's capital to hold talks with authorities, including the presidents of the Makele and Adigrat universities, on how to reopen schools. On Saturday the 21st, the U.S. State Department revealed that Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken had a talk over the phone. According to the U.S. State Department, the two mainly talked about the implementation of the Pretoria Peace Agreement. Lincoln lauded the news that Eritrean troops in Tigray have begun leaving the region and added that the U.S. will continue its support to the African Union's effort of facilitating lasting agreement between the government and the TPLF. Clashes and instability in other parts of the country mainly the Oromia region, were also a topic of discussion. Although various international media outlets are reporting that Eritrean forces are leaving the region, the TPLF, the African Union and the federal government haven't confirmed it in an official statement. Speaking of the Prime Minister, he was busy shuffling his cabinet and bidding farewell to outgoing officials. Abi has submitted his list of nominees for new Minister of Transport and Logistics, Minister of Mines, Minister of Agriculture, National Bank Governor and more top positions. On Monday the 23rd, the PM bid farewell to Moaza Ashnafi, former president of the Supreme Court who just resigned last week, and her deputy Solomon Areda. He was in the news again as he went to Khartoum, the capital of neighbor Sudan, on Thursday the 26th. He went there on a work trip that lasted only a day. Upon his arrival, he was welcomed by Sudan's head of state, chief of the Transitional Sovereignty Council, 
Abdul Fattah al-Burhan. The talk of the town this week was controversial news about an illegal appointment of bishops at an Ethiopian Orthodox Church. The patriarch of the church, Father Matthias, issued a statement breaking the news that at a certain church, 26 new bishops had been appointed to be heads of 26 different dioceses. This caused an uproar, as it is a major transgression of the church's dogma. Father Matthias called on all bishops in Ethiopia and abroad to assemble at the residence of the patriarch. The Patriarch also called on the government to take legal measures as the incident has an implication on the state at large. The recently appointed social sector advisor to the PM, Deacon Daniel Cobret, had his say on the topic, calling the appointment and the whole incident sad and dangerous. He added that the solution is to call the three bishops who initiated the appointment to a holy synod assembly. A few months ago, the National Bank banned the use and transfer of cryptocurrency, but it seems like the government is choosing to adapt to the crypto revolution by paving a legal framework. The Information Network Security Agency revealed that it is drafting a directive and regulatory system for cryptocurrency, but reminded the public that purchasing is still illegal. On Monday the 23rd, the agency called on crypto users to register at its website and warned those who don't register as it claims it will monitor them and take measures. Last week we told you about a horrific car accident that happened at the toll payment terminal of the Addis Adama toll road on how the toll road's exit was closed until further notice. Well, it wasn't closed for long as the Ethiopian Toll Roads Enterprise reopened the exit on Friday the 20th. The Enterprise said that last week's accident was the first ever major accident since the Enterprise's inception. Months ago, the Ministry of Education unveiled plans of holding exit exams for university students who were graduating from every course of studies. The decision came after the understanding that the level of competence of recent graduates from both public and private universities was subpar. On Monday the 23rd, the ministry revealed that students will be allowed to give the exam another go if they fail. Students who have completed university will be allowed to take the exam once every six months. An official recalled that only medicine and law students were sitting for exit exams, but this time around, students enrolled in all 300 undergraduate programs from both public and private schools will take the exam. Last week, we told you about oil price increases made by the Ministry of Trade and Regional Integration after more than two months of no increase, even when inflation was running wild. Now, public transportation prices are following suit. Minibuses, midbuses, city buses and the light city train prices have all exhibited price increases of up to 3 per or 6 US cents. In sports news, the African Nations Football Championship is being held in Algeria. The tournament can only be played with teams consisting of players who play in their own nation's leagues. 
The Ethiopian national team participated but couldn't make it through the group stages, losing two games against Libya and host Algeria and drawing against Mozambique. Because of the disappointing and short-lived participation, the local football Premier League will resume earlier than expected. It wasn't a brief pause as the league's best local players were called up to the national team. Addis has plenty of good four-star hotels and a few five-star hotels. This week, two new hotels have opened their doors to welcome customers. One is built by former Olympic gold medalist, long-distance runner and iconic businessman Haile Gabriel Selassie. Haile has a chain of hotels all over the country and the latest is the Haile Grand Addis Ababa. A five-star hotel, he spent more than two and a half billion baht, or almost 50 million US dollars on to build. The hotel is built on 50,000 square meters of land and has more than 150 rooms. The chain plans on completing the construction of another hotel in Wolaita in the southern region this coming July. The other hotel that opened this week is called Triple E and was built by Eluse Hotel and Tourism Company. The company spent more than 400 million baht or more than 7 million US dollars to build the hotel on 500 square meters of land. And that's it for this week. Hey y'all, another question. Are there any platforms we should be on but aren't? We can tell how many people listen on various platforms, iTunes, Audible, Google Podcasts, etc. And we can tell those not on VPNs what country you are listening from, but we want to be sure that there aren't some important platforms we aren't on and should be. So let us know at ethiopia at Rorschach.com. Ciao.